This is the Capness HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Capness. Hello, and welcome to the Cabinets HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cabinets. Our guest today is Greg from A Suggestion. Greg, are you ready to be great today? Jason, yes, I am. Thank you for having me today. Thank you, Greg. Greg is an anonymous founder of the anonymous employee feedback platform, A Suggestion. Greg has decided to break his anonymity, at least in part, to share his perspective on the state of the employee engagement industry. Through a suggestion, he and his team are able to draw forth constructive and meaningful commentary from employees across the country, helping them to share feedback and become more engaged with the work and in their personalized world. Greg offers a unique outsider's perspective on engagement, and we're pleased he could join us on today's call. Greg, first of all, once again, thank you for taking the time to, to do this podcast with us. Tell us how did, how did uh, a suggestion start? Sure. Sure. Well, uh, Jason, again, thank you for having me. I'm appreciative and appreciative of your time and the opportunity to be here. So how did a suggestion start? It's a fine question. I'll try to keep it a very long story short for you as best I can. A suggestion was really born out of our own personal experiences. I say our own, meaning mine and my wife. Uh, it happens that my wife is a teacher, and I'm very sorry to share this, but she works in a very toxic environment. Effectively, the environment, the school that she teaches in has not only dissuaded their employees from sharing commentary, but they've actually shut down any mechanism for which those employees might share their feedback, which is really just a sad state of affairs. So when we launched a suggestion, I launched it so that we could design a platform allowing employees like my wife to have a voice where otherwise a voice had been taken from them. Literally, that's, that's how we came about. It just so happened when we started a suggestion, admittedly, I, w- I don't have an HR background. You know, I'm, not, I'm not an HR veteran by any stretch, so it's not as though we launched a suggestion based on my vast HR expertise. We launched it for that specific purpose. It just so happened that we backed into the employee engagement industry. And so for the last year and a half or so, as we've uh, gotten this platform up and off the ground, I've learned an incredible amount about the employee engagement industry and how we can adapt our solution to draw forth substantive, meaningful, and constructive commentary from employees in organizations all over the country. So in essence, that's what we do. So Greg, when we connected a few months ago, I believe another story you told me was, I believe one of your kids were taking karate classes and the stretcher kept on changing yeah. the dates and time. So this isn't just for work, it's, it's for all aspects of life, correct? So that, I'm, I'm flattered you remember that story, yes. It, the core of what we do is to create an environment where employees can share constructive, meaningful, substantive dialogue with their employers. Do invite people to do so anonymously. We can talk a little bit about that if you like. But it dawned on us as we set forth to design this platform, there are times in life, moreover than just a person wanting to share feedback at work, but there are also times in life where, for whatever reason, I as a human being walking the face of the earth have wanted to share commentary or feedback or constructive criticism with other organizations that are meaningful to my life outside of work. So the example you offer, Jason, is as it happens, I have two kids, a 13-year-old little girl and a 12-year-old little boy, both of whom are 
actually black belts in karate today. And their karate instructor is a great guy, but he's always changing their schedule around. He's changing his, his class schedule around. He'll move a class block from one day to another. He'll extend a class time from this to that. And every time he does this, he drops a rock in my pond. Because whenever he changes his schedule, I now have weeks of rescheduling other activities for my kids because he can't seem to hone in on his own schedule. And he's a good man. You know, I, I don't want to tell him how to run his business, but at the same time, I'd like to say, hey, do you think you could stop changing your schedule around? Because every time you do, you cause ripples in my house. So when we design this, not only do I want to draw forth meaningful commentary from people about their experiences at work, but also about any other organization that touches a person's life outside of work, whether that's you know, the karate studio or my kids at their schools or the gym I go to or the church I go to or you name it. So when we design a suggestion, what it's really become today, I want people to look at the platform and think in terms of online, iterative, personal, and professional suggestion boxes. That's really what we're here to achieve. And ultimately, the benefit of this platform for an engagement manager, now we're going to, because we, we touch so many aspects of a person's life, they're more likely to come back to the platform again and again and again. And by virtue of that increased interaction, now I can deliver to an engagement manager an entirely new stream of ongoing, iterative, and constructive commentary from their people that they otherwise may have never had before. We think it's a pretty good niche. That's good. I know you mean about the schedules because all my kids are grown, but they're growing up. They play sports and just, you know, doing the schedule. One time this guy called and said, I got to, you know, delay the, the practice an hour. Okay, no problem. Just one time. But another year, this one guy had like every day, you call us, change, change, change the schedule. It's just a pain. But I exactly know what you mean. So, Greg. It's a challenge. I'm telling you. It's very challenging. I mean, it's a lot of moving pieces, especially with multiple yeah. kids, you know, playing, doing activities in multiple locations. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Greg, from your point of view, why is it important for this platform to be anonymous? Uh, good question. Uh, and Jason, you know, if, from your HR perspective, I'm, I'm sure you can appreciate this. There are times where I'll have conversations with organizations across the country, and some organizations kind of shudder a little bit about the idea of anonymous commentary, meaning, oh my goodness, I don't know what we're going to get here, and are we opening up Pandora's box? And then there are other organizations that I speak to that appreciate that anonymous commentar commentary will actually allow people to let their guard down a little bit and speak a little more freely. And so I tend to be of the, the latter camp. Yeah, for whatever it's worth, Jason, I actually have a psychology degree and I can appreciate, you know, people and their innate human wiring. People are just predisposed to avoid pain. They're predisposed to avoid conflict. We're not conflict-oriented individuals. And no matter how many times an HR manager or a consultant, co uh, an engagement coach might come into an organization and say, yeah, everybody, go ahead and just speak your mind and be free and be open. No matter how many times you say that to people, some people are still going to be kind of skittish and kind of reserved and kind of nervous because, again, just by nature of how humans are wired, we are wired to avoid pain and to avoid conflict. So if that's the case, I want to, I'm not necessarily promoting anonymity. Our system is structured around anonymity and, you know, we invite people to share commentary anonymously. You're not forced into anonymity, but if there are things that you feel sensitive and uncomfortable in sharing, we want you to, we want to allow our users to still speak their mind and to do so in a way that they feel comfortable and safe in doing it. It's 
the message then goes to the HR manager and to the organizations that we need to be able to deal with the commentary that we're being offered and not spin cycles trying to identify, well, who was it who issued this post and why did they do it anonymously? Let's actually work with the content they're given. Conversely, it, the onus of responsibility is also on the person authoring their comments. If you're going to come here and just hide behind your keyboard and tear into somebody because you think you're safe and you can just blast somebody from behind your keyboard, my platform's not for you. This is not, we're not here to foster an environment where we're just going to light fires and throw hand grenades. If you're going to come here and offer a comment, even though you're anonymous, do so, but do so with a purpose. That's the message and that's the space we're filling. That's, that's a good point. So Greg, how often do you come back here and say, you know, I know what this comment is, all these comments, but it doesn't represent a majority of my company. So I'm not going to take any action. How often do you, hear, do you have to hear that from companies? So I hear it on occasion, but again, the, when we reach out to organizations, the, the message is twofold. One, the, or, the message to the employees and to the potential users is, if you're going to come here and offer a comment, do so. But imagine your mom is standing over your shoulder watching what you write. So do so with a conscience, do so with a purpose, do so with a constructive mindset. And as an author of your commentary, consider the end user, consider the recipient. If you actually want to affect change, which is really what this platform is intended to do, then you need to consider your audience as you author your post. And you're not going to do that with four letters and expletives. You know, again, you're not going to do that here. Conversely, the message to our clients, the organizations that we're working with from an HR perspective, we need to consistently communicate to people that you may or may not get what you want, but at least you will be heard. That is a huge piece of our platform. That's a huge piece of our messaging. All too often, I come across organizations who say, yeah, you know, we just conducted a satisfaction survey. We haven't had time yet to go through all of our results. We, I don't know when we're going to get back with a notice to our people and let them know, you know what our findings have been. And in the meantime, the employees are thinking, why did I even bother offering feedback? You know, nobody's doing anything with the commentary I offered. What's the point? Why bother? Nothing changes. And so you, from a, an organizational perspective, whether the commentary is one-off or relatively rare in nature, or the commentary is uh, shared by others, it is important to get back to your people to let them know, yes, you have been heard. That is a key message to the relationships that we cultivate with our organizations and the way in which we're working with our users. I know my experience at HR, the most of the time people just want to be known, they just want to be heard, you know, they just want to vent or tell their problems or, or anything like that. They just want to know, hey, the company or, or the higher-ups are at least, you know, listening to me. And then a lot, of, a lot of time that solves a problem right there. Well, again, it doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to get what you want, but at a minimum, yes, I've been heard. And going that far is actually quite a step further ahead from where a lot of companies are today. I'm not, not bad-mouthing any organization in particular, but that's, it's not uncommon to hear that problem. I've heard that time and again. So uh, we, we work very strongly with our users and our organizations to make sure that we are communicating, yes, you will be heard. I used to tell people all the time, I'm a, we're going to find a solution, but it might not be the solution that you're looking for, but it'll be a solution that'll, you know, that's right. everybody out. So Greg, tell me this is right. So a company signs up for your platform, person involved with that company will make a comment. Now, does the company then reply on, the, on, your, on, your, on your platform to that comment or how does that work? That's a fine question. We very strongly advocate for two-way communication. 
hear again from a number of the conversations I've had across the country, organizations large and small. I've talked to organizations who tout that their communication with their employees is quite high. And when I ask them, well, what that means, they say, well, we often have our CEO or CFO, he puts out a company memo once a quarter. And well, that's great, but that's not, com- that's not communication with your people. That's communication at your people. You're talking at them. And so we advocate very strongly for two-way communication. So the way our platform is designed, if a user comes along to the system and they offer a post, not only can they share, this, share a link to their colleagues, they can drop in you know, 5, 10, 15, 50 different email addresses of people to whom they want to receive a, an invitation. So these people can come along and become invited into a conversation thread and now weigh in on any given topic. And at the same time, we, when an organization is designing the system, Jason, if you're the head of HR for Acme Corp, I can identify you as a key contact for Acme Corp, and then you, too, can be invited into that conversation thread. So now, by the time you come along to the system, you have an entire thread of individuals who have chimed in on any given topic. Hopefully, the best ideas have been nominated up to the top, which gives you something to work with. And now you, as the HR manager on behalf of Acme Corp, you can now come along and offer the appropriate company response or take action or even respond back and try to draw forth even more commentary. So to that end, this is very much a two-way communication vehicle. Yes. And, I, and I've actually used your, your platform. It's, to me, it's very, very user-friendly. So I really like it a lot. Okay, so next, after all. Thank next, you. Next question. And you, I don't know if you'll be able to tell me this, but do you know, like on, on average, how long it takes for companies to reply to these comments? Or do you track that in any kind of way? So that's a fine question. Uh, it, our turnaround time is, is pretty short. Uh, I can't give you uh, a, a sweeping generalization, but it says, let's see here. The, the bottleneck in our response time isn't a systematic bottleneck because as soon as a user issues a post and then they want to send off invitation emails to folks to come participate in the discussion thread, well, those messages go out immediately. So then it just becomes a function of how are we competing for the attention of the recipients? So Jason, if you've got a stack of papers on your desk and maybe you're going through open enrollment, you know, it's around that, you know, we just passed open enrollment not long ago for a lot of companies, you may be otherwise predisposed and maybe you don't respond as quickly as you could have or should have. Whereas, you know what, a couple of weeks from this date, yeah, you might have a little bit more flexibility on your hands. So that's an overly wordy way of saying there's no system limitation. It just becomes a function of the, the bandwidth of each of our users. Okay, and that's one thing most people don't realize how expansive HR is, like how many pieces of action HR is involved with you at the company. Greg, next talk to us about a time where success, you were successful, what you learned from the this, from this success, and what we can learn from the success. Sure. Well, let's see here. Well, Jason, as I already mentioned in the course of our call thus far, I don't come from an HR background. For what it's worth, I actually come from a sales background. And so... I'll borrow from my experiences as a salesperson and tie that into, well, what have we learned going forward with any suggestion here? It happened several years ago. Uh, we were, we, the company I represented at the time, we were working on a pretty, pretty large size deal with an organization out of North Carolina. And unfortunately, at the 11th hour, this is a very complex deal, a lot of stakeholders involved. And unfortunately, at the 11th hour, the deal fell apart. It turned out that there was one individual who, unfortunately, we didn't cover our bases as well as we could have or should have. And this one person managed to go up to leadership within his organization and unravel the whole deal. 
So you can appreciate in that moment from the worldview of a salesperson, that kind of hurt. I wasn't a happy guy that day. Uh, I remember getting the phone call from my CEO at the time who said the deal fell apart. I sat on my couch in my office, just kind of stunned for a little bit. So I sat there for a little while and it occurred to me, well, I can either continue to sit here or, or pick up the phone and make a couple more phone calls, which I did. And ultimately came across, it was either that afternoon or the next day, I came across another opportunity out of New England who six months from that incident, they became our new customer show, showcase. They were a, a show site for us. It was tremendous. And so what I learned from that experience was effectively the value of persistence. And I apply that going forward here with a suggestion for the following reason. As we are carving out what we identify to be a pretty unique niche in the arena of engagement, you need to understand it's not uncommon for me to hear the following. When I talk to engagement managers all across the country, most of the time I hear, well, when we engage our people, we do a satisfaction survey. Uh, we have an 800 phone number set up that you know doesn't really get used a whole bunch. We do a company retreat or pizza luncheons or an ice cream social in the kitchenette, you know, these kind of things. And all of those are great. I encourage companies to keep doing them. Those are fantastic. But when a suggestion comes along, and we talk in terms of creating a vehicle to share ongoing, iterative, and yet constructive feedback for engagement managers, while at the same time, through the same tool, employees can now take this platform with them outside of work and find benefit in it for their own personal lives. You know, if they want to share commentary with their, about their kids at their school or their karate studio or the gym they go to or the church they go to, here's a tool that actually provides utility to the individual. And by extension of doing that, now the engagement manager will win. And you can appreciate, Jason, as I communicate this message, there are some engagement managers who they kind of get confused a little bit. They think, well, wait a minute. Why do I care about commentary from my employees with their kids at their karate studio? I don't care about that. And I understand why they say that. Frankly, they shouldn't care about that. That's not, that's not something the engagement manager needs to deal with. But by virtue of offering a tool that the employee will realize value in in their day-to-day -day lives, they're going to come back again, again, and again. And now I can create this new channel of feedback for the engagement manager so the engagement manager wins in the process. I share that story with you, Jason, because the value of persistence, as I see it, is trying to carve out this unique niche. And effectively, if you'll allow me to be so bold, I think we're actually shaping or reshaping how people think about engaging their employees overall. I have to I agree, agree with you, Greg. For yourself, is it safe to assume that your sales background has been a big help to you as you build out a suggestion? I would say yes, just by virtue of one, dogged persistence, and two, I haven't been too afraid of hearing people say no. Because you know, a salesman by nature, we're trained to, to live on when somebody says no, and that's okay. And there have been some organizations who haven't quite married into our concept yet, which is fine. And there have been others who have, and we're delighted for the ones who have thus far. And you're right about saying no, because a lot of people, they hear no, and they just stop and give up. I mean, you're going to hear no multiple times through your, throughout your life, and you got to be able to deal with that and you know, then to convince them to tell you yes. I mean, that's in my opinion. Very much so. You're right. Greg Nix, talk about a time you failed, what you learned from this, and what we can learn from this time you failed in the past. Oh, well... So I shared with you that story about the loss that then turned into a success with a different organization. 
I guess I would go back to that same example with the organization out of North Carolina. I learned in that value of covering your bases, meaning when I call into organizations today, uh, I'll often deal with an employee engagement manager. Nine times out of 10, they're appreciative of what we're trying to do with a suggestion and the positioning we're taking. Once we've done that, however, then we need to move, uh, we need to permeate throughout an organization because often you'll have people who, whether it's the COO or the CEO or other key stakeholders within an organization who, uh, well, at times senior leadership is actively engaged with employee engagement efforts. And then there are times where senior leadership is not dialed into employee engagement efforts. And so trying to move beyond HR into other areas of senior leadership within an organization to teach the value of why this matters. Well, that's, those are stones we need to uncover, or I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting my cliches mixed up. Shame on me, Jason. But those are stones we need to turn over, right? And that's one of the lessons I came away with from that experience out in North Carolina, and uh, it's served me well thus far. Greg, I'm going to guess most of your companies are from the U.S. Do you have any com- companies outside the U.S. yet? Great question. And interestingly, I've learned over the last many months, employee engagement out in the U.K. is an entirely different animal than it is out here in the U.S. I found it reasonably consistent. This is not necessarily a rule of thumb, but it's been reasonably consistent that a lot of companies out in the U.K., are already thinking they may be two or three steps ahead of where a lot of the companies are here in the U.S. Interestingly enough, I've got a couple of strategic partners out in the U.K. One of my partners out in the U.K. is working with a company out here in Minnesota. So who knew? I had to go across the Atlantic to come back to the Atlantic, come back across the Atlantic, right? which is fine. It's a fun ride. Uh, so generally speaking, that's where our efforts have been thus far. Uh, we've had some conver- interesting dialogue with some folks out of the Canadian market. And at some point, uh, we intend to have this grow well beyond just those three areas. But you, know, you start in your backyard and you work out from there. As far as marketing, a suggestion, do you have a marketing plan to use or are you just relying on um, cold calls and cold emails? How, you getting the, how do you get the word out about a suggestion? Well, that's, that's a multi-pronged approach. Uh, we've been spending a fair amount of time uh, networking at local SHRM events, both uh, SHRM locally and SHRM nationally. We've got a presence on a variety of different social media, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and you name it. So we're out there. Goodness, I've been leveraging LinkedIn pretty extensively. In fact, Jason, if I remember correctly, I think you and I first came across each other over LinkedIn. So LinkedIn yes. has served me quite well to that end. And then beyond that, we benefit greatly just by virtue of word of mouth. The system isn't designed specifically for millennials, but everyone seems to appreciate when I make this statement, you can't find a millennial these days coming into the workforce who doesn't have a smartphone in one hand and a latte in the other. That's just how they're wired, right? And they're great. They're great. Now, our platform is ideally designed to allow that caliber of individual, people who are, they think in terms of how can I share commentary immediately and mobily that's just how they're wired today so why not die, you know why not why not cater to their interests and cater to their needs rather than here's my annual satisfaction survey that came out across my email just because well it's now the end of january and that's what we're supposed to do uh, again i use the millennial example but from millennials to baby boomers you know we've got users of all you know backgrounds and technological expertise and so forth it's been a fun ride so I don't know if that specifically answers your question, but really the word of mouth of the platform has been our greatest 
marketing strategy thus far. Okay, that's good. Greg, next, tell us something that most people don't know, don't know about you. Of course, you know your family, close friends know this, but most people don't know this about yourself. Uh, my wife often tells me, Greg, you're not as funny as you think you are, so stop trying. So, <laughs> so I'm learning that lesson hey, for whatever it's worth. Uh, goodness, I live down here in Connecticut uh, and have been now for about 20 years. Most people, as I have these conversations, are surprised to learn, as I've shared with you, Jason, that I don't come from an HR background. A lot of the conversations and a lot of the, the pearls of wisdom that I've been able to accumulate, I've learned frankly from relationships like I have with you, Jason, where conversations with folks and I'm learning by extension of what you folks, my HR contacts, these relationships, my engagement manager relationship, the, I'm learning through your experiences. And so I guess what is probably most surprising, at least for most of the people that I have initial conversations with is, look, I'm learning this HR space. I'm drinking from the fire hose, right? And that's, it's been a, a fun ride to be able to piece all of these components of my background together, whether it's the sales background or my psychology degree or, you know, my minor in philosophy for whatever that's worth, uh, for the, what I've come to learn over the last year plus or two, close to two years now with regards to a suggestion and how it positions well for both the HR manager and for the people themselves as they offer commentary, piecing all of that together and putting a bow on it in such a way as to present it to people in a digestible manner, that's taking some time, but it's, it's been a fun ride. So I hope that answers your question. It does. I mean, and they say sometimes the best people to disrupt the industry is people who have no experience in the industry. They come in, you know, bright, shiny. They have no preconceived, you know, ideas of what's going on. So they're usually the best ones to disrupt something like you're doing. Well, uh, I'm not necessarily hoping to, to turn the industry on its head, but I wouldn't mind turning it on its side for a little while. That's all right. Yes. Greg, so we're coming to the end of our talk. Can you provide us some uh, social media platforms to reach out to you or to a suggestion? Sure. So uh, a suggestion, uh, well, if you couldn't already tell, it is live and up and running right now. So it is quite literally www.asuggestion.com. So you couldn't get any easier than that. I hadn't mentioned it to you thus far, Jason. So it's probably worth noting the core of our platform is free. I've got users who sign up every day for free. I've got organizations who are registered in the system for free. You know, free is my favorite price. So our barriers to entry, you can't get any lower of a barrier entry than free, I would think. Uh, now, we do have an enterprise offering, and I can talk to users about that if uh, need or interest arose. So I would invite people... If you wanted to get in contact with us, go to a suggestion, click on a little contact us link. Uh, you know, those messages come directly to myself and to my team. Happy to respond to those. And if at any point anyone ever wanted to email me directly, they could do so very simply at greg at a suggestion.com. Thank you, Greg. And for our listeners, all those links will be provided in our show notes. So Greg, before we end our talk, do you have any last words of wisdom or advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Just that, well, first of all, I want to say thank you again, Jason. It is, uh, I consider my relationship with you to be a friendship and I'm, I'm delighted to be here. And so I thank you for your time and the opportunity here. And I, the only other pearl of wisdom that I would offer is much what we've talked about thus far, such that whatever your strategy is for engaging your people, you need to do so in such a way that your people feel they are being heard. So if we can have a hand in that and we can help you in that process, wonderful. I applaud it. And we'd love to explore that with your listeners at a minimum. Whatever you're doing, make sure that your people do feel that they are heard. Uh, having been an employee who has been both engaged with my organization, with my, with my previous employers, and then also 
admittedly disengaged from my previous employers. I know the difference between the two. And really, it does come down to, do I feel like I'm a part of this team, which you're not going to get you're not going to get a person to feel that they are part of this team if they don't first and foremost feel like they are being listened to. So I would, if you had to come away with anything, I would offer you that message. And again, if we can have a hand in that, we'd love to do so with you. That, Greg, that's a great point. I don't think some companies realize how much more productive engaged employees are versus, you know, not engaged. I'm not talking about, you know, engaged, you know, going to high school socials, but you come to work, you actually think you have a purpose, you know what the game plan is versus another company, you just come to work nine to five, you have no idea what's going on. I don't think companies realize how much more productive they get out of engaged employees. Well, I'll share with you, and Jason, this is nothing new. I'm sure you've heard this before, but it, what is it? Roughly 70% of all employees are either unengaged or actively disengaged at work. So 30% or below are actively engaged. And I'm not so naive as to think that by virtue of a suggestion coming along and creating this comment sharing vehicle, this commentary platform, I'm not so naive as to think that the, the comment sharing vehicle itself will now create engagement by itself. What I would offer to you is very simple. Uh, you can have good communication in an organization and not have engagement. However, it is impossible to have engagement if you don't first have good communication. Good communication is a cornerstone to any engagement strategy. And I feel that both with the engagement vehicle we have, with the recognition and rewards components of what we offer, we can go a long way to helping and creating that engaged workforce. That's really what we're here to do. And then for the percentage that are disengaged, I have to wonder what percentage of those people are, are looking for another job or at the current job instead of working, you know? I'm sure that happens a lot. Yeah, so employee turnover is a big, big problem these days. Well, I've, I've read somewhere it could be up Whereas of three times the cost of the employee's salary to actually turn over the new employee, hire, you know, train, all that fun stuff. So we're talking real dollars. This stuff, this stuff matters. If there's any way in which we can contribute to helping both the employer find, keep, and retain those good people and help the employee to feel like this is an organization, whatever organization they're part of, but this is an organization that they want to actually be a part of themselves, then we're serving everyone. We're serving the greater good for all, all involved. That's what we want to do. Greg, thank you very much for being on podcast today. Uh, I really appreciate your time taking, and taking time to talk to us about your platform. I believe it's a great platform. We're looking for great things from you and a suggestion. For our listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. Really appreciate it. And remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Cadmus HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit CadmusHR.com or connect to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cadmus HR or Jason Cadmus HR on Snapchat. Thanks again, and be great every day.